Good morning. Good morning. How's it going, Matt? It's going pretty good. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm doing well. Are you all ready to go? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, ready to roll. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Well, happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. <laughs> of course, we're talking a couple days before, but I'll be publishing this on Earth Day. Uh, I thought we could start just with an introduction to you and what got you interested in this whole conversation of chalk, the environmental impacts of chalk, and what led you to uh, to this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so I can start with a little bit about my background. So I live in Austin. I've been here about 11 years, but I've been climbing for more than 25 years. Um, I first bouldered around 95 or 96, if I remember right. And I got really into it in the in the late 90s, worked in a few gyms, that sort of thing. And I've been climbing pretty consistently ever since. Um, I'm not sending 514s or you know, V12s or anything crazy like that, but uh, but I do enjoy it. And I've found some ways to stay strong and, and healthy and injury-free and injury over the long haul. So um, I plan on climbing for many more decades to come. Mm. Um, that's kind of the general background. Do you want me to get into the my background on chalk too, or? Yeah. Yeah. Let's dive into it. Is this, uh, is this something you studied? Do you have some scientific background or, or yeah. How did this interest come into play? Uh, no, I don't have any science background. I have, uh, an English degree and, and, uh, and an MBA, but, uh, um, so how I got into chalk. So, uh, a couple, a couple of different factors converged. So first of all, when, when COVID hit last year, I, pretty quickly realized that liquid chalk is effectively the same formula as hand sanitizer. Hmm. So I thought that maybe a dual use product that you could call chalk, liquid chalk, but you could also say it's hand sanitizer might be able to help us all get back into the gym sooner. But after a few calls to the FDA, the EPA, some attorneys, I realized that calling liquid chalk hand sanitizer or even hinting at it as hygienic or sanitizing properties, that was a complete non-starter and, and the FDA and the EPA were having none of it. Hmm. Uh, so uh, I know I know there are some companies that, that are hinting at that anyway, but I personally didn't want to go there after what I learned. In the meanwhile, I'd done a lot of experimentation, a lot of research on chalk and just started uncovering a lot of the environmental impacts of chalk that I hadn't really considered, you know, in my 25 years of climbing. Hmm. So that was, so that was part of it. The other piece of the puzzle was that uh, I have eczema on my hands. And so eczema is just a fancy word for very dry hands and liquid chalk as you probably know is pretty much just alcohol and chalk and maybe a few other ingredients. And alcohol and chalk are both very drying for hands, so it tends to exacerbate my eczema. Hmm. So I wanted to come up with a formula that would also not destroy my hands because it's uh, when I lived in Colorado, for example, it was, it was so dry there that my hands were often so dry and, and cracked and bleeding that I couldn't actually climb. So it was kind of a, a catch-22 moving to a great climbing area and then not being able to climb. So Wow, yeah. So all that to say is I, I did a lot of research, a lot of experimentation, a year of quarantine, and uh, you know, lo and behold, I found myself in, in the chalk business. And, and so that's, uh, that's how I ended up here and, and, and how I learned so much about chalk in this past year. That's so interesting. Yeah. So 
I mean, I, I don't know if we can even touch this without giving away all your proprietary secrets, <laughs> but I'd love to hear like, what, what are some of the things that you discovered? Uh, I mean, you sell liquid chalk now and, uh, mm-hmm. I had a chance to use a, a sample that you sent me the other day and it was great. I really, I thought it was a great product. It felt like other liquid chalks that I've used. I've got pretty sweaty hands, so I, mm-hmm. I like the, the alcohol as an extra drying agent, especially on a warm day. But yeah, what are some of the other, would you be willing to share like some of the other ingredients that you played with and, and some of the things that have helped your own skin condition and, and how you've kind of balanced the product? I'm, I'm interested in that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I wanted to keep it pretty simple and I'm also kind of a health nut. So I wanted to make sure that it was uh, a pretty natural product and not full of synthetic ingredients. And so one of the one of the things that I wanted, because despite having dry hands, I also have sweaty hands, ironically. So, so I wanted something that could keep me pretty dry, but also give me just a little extra tackiness. And so there are a number of similar kind of products in other sports that uh, that are you know, liquid chalk or spray on grip and this sort of thing and they almost all include pine rosin which is goes by a number of different names resin pine tar sap colophony and that stuff is bad news for climbing uh, the it works great. It makes your hands just feel like gecko gecko fingers. You can grip on anything, but it comes off on on the rock and builds up on rock over time and and gums it up gums them up. And it's not water soluble. Mm. So there is an area in I think France that has allowed this ingredient for a long time, and I I've never been there, but my understanding is that it's it's. Uh, like the, the holds are very gummed up there. And so you don't want to use pine tar. So what I did instead was just a very small amount of honey. Um, huh. And the honey has has a couple of cool properties. One, it doesn't really come off on the rock, especially in the minute quantities that I'm using, but it gives you just a little bit of tackiness and it, that, that keeps the chalk on your fingers. As you know, a lot of times when you chalk up, you know, once you've hit a few holds, a lot of it's already gone. And so this kind of keeps keeps it from flaking off and 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 dusting down to the ground. So huh. the other thing about honey is that it is water soluble. So you don't have to worry about it and gumming up the the holds forever. Huh. The other two pieces that I, that um, that I included in this particular formula are uh, Epsom salt and essential oils. So the essential oils smell nice, which is great and give it the 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 scented. Uh, flavors, if you will. But the other purpose of them is that they, they help moisturize your skin and when, when you're done climbing. So you wash off your hands and that actually uh, activates the, the oils and, and the Epsom salt helped the oils penetrate a little deeper into the skin. And together, you know, when you finish climbing, you wash your hands and you actually, instead of feeling dried out, uh, they, they feel a little bit moisturized. I mean, it's still chalk and, and, you know, you're still climbing and and it's hard on your skin, but it, but it it keeps your skin a little healthier than just chalk and alcohol would. Yeah. That's so interesting. I never would have guessed honey. And, and, uh, I noticed the, the scent. So I guess the essential oils, but I, I didn't stop to think about what else that might be doing for, uh, for your skin. So yeah, that, that's, that's so interesting. How has that worked out with, uh, your own condition with, with eczema? Is it a product that's working well for you? 
It is, it is. And admittedly, I haven't been climbing this past year. I've been training a lot at home and practicing on, on the outside of the house <laughs> and on you know some local <laughs> local rocks that I find. I mean, I hesitate to call them boulders, but uh, you know, just secret little spots where I can go try it out. But um I, and then of course the hangboards and all that. So so it's been working well uh for me and it and my hands are not getting dried out like they normally would. Hmm. And it helps soften the calluses a little bit too. Okay. Yeah, cool. I did notice that when I put a first layer on it, it, it did seem you know, there there's I kind of categorize chalk in two broad categories, like crappy chalk and pretty good chalk. And I don't know if I it's kind of like wine. I don't know if I can really tell the difference between all the good chalks, but it did seem to really stick to my hands. Um, and I'm guessing that was the honey. So, yeah, that's that's really interesting. Uh, let's shift gears. I'd, I'd love to get into what led you to reach out to me and uh, your research into the sustainability or the, the environmental impacts of chalk and what you discovered there. Uh, you sent me a really comprehensive article from your website about the impacts, the environmental impacts of chalk. And I was hoping we could just kind of go down and, and hit some of the key points that you, uh, that you discovered through your research. Yeah, absolutely. So there are a number of different ways. Well, let me, let me back up. So as I started designing my chalk formula and thinking through like, wow, is this something that I actually want to sell commercially? Cause I like it. My friends like using it. I wanted to make sure that we could do it sustainably. That's, that's important. And, and especially given that, you know, chalk is something we don't often think a whole lot about as climbers. Uh, you know, it's almost like, oh, that thing we, we spent a few dollars on, but wow, I, you know, dropped $175 on my shoes or, or you know, buy an expensive rope or that sort of thing. So, the, but the difference is, is that you buy your shoes, you know, once in a while, depending on how often you climb, it's not, you know, it's not a, a frequent purchase. Whereas chalk is, is, a, is a, a repeat purchase. So over time, you can actually end up buying a lot of the product. And so that has a potential to have a much bigger environmental impact from all of our gear. So that said, I wanted to make sure that if I was going to do something that, that I was doing it as sustainably as I could. And so I started diving into it and, and the impacts of chalk, the big one, the first one is the mining. Uh, you know, it's a non-reusable or non-renewable resource, you know, anything that we use, they got to dig it up somewhere. They, everything's either dug up or grown somewhere. And, and chalk is, is mostly mined in China. And for a long time, the conditions around the local communities, uh, where these chalk mines are in China, for both people and the ecosystem was negatively impacted. And chalk would build up in the soil. And when it gets wet, it forms something, a kind of a crust called hydromagnesite. There's been a, a number of studies on the local ecosystems, the health impacts, that sort of thing. You know, so that was a big problem. China, to their credit, has actually implemented a lot of reforms around mining of, of magnesium carbonate or chalk. And so it's a lot better than it used to be. Now, there are a few other places where you can get chalk. There's some in Europe. There's not really much in the in, North, in the Americas. but So there's, there's a few other places, but 99% of it comes from China. Um, so that, so that's the big one, but then there's obviously the carbon footprint of shipping chalk around the world. Mm. So once they dig it up, 
it ends up going through a, um, to and fro through a, a number of, of intermediaries before it reaches your door. And you know, every time it ships somewhere, then that's a big carbon footprint. But then there's also a lot of packaging, a lot of plastic, and almost all of that ends up in a landfill. Then there's when we climb, uh, it falls off of our hands. It ends up around the soils and in the plants or on the plants around the climbing areas. Uh, it also ends up all over the rock, even places where it's not visible. And then there's, of course, you know, micro spills of chalk all over the place when chalk bags get dropped or kicked over or whatever. And then, you know, lastly, there's the visible aspect of chalk staying on the wall like graffiti, which a number of parks, national parks, and some local parks are are starting to ban chalk. Like uh, Garden of the Gods just last week banned chalk and chalk substitutes in any color from from use in in the, the park. That's in wow. Colorado Springs. So, so there there's again there's a number of different impacts and they're they're all a little bit different. You know, there's the carbon the carbon footprint, but then there's the the, the mining, there's landfills, and then there's the visible aspect of it. Mm. Yeah, interesting. So in your email, you know, you laid some of this out and then I was caught by a single sentence. You said, you know, while I'm not anti-chalk, I do believe we as climbers could do better. So let's get into that. Let's get into some of the key things that you're doing differently with your company or just maybe maybe even we could start with just best practices like what are some of the things that we can do to minimize our impact assuming that you know we're all going to keep climbing and using chalk <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i mean i, I would say and, and there's a number of things that that, that i'll discuss here but you know, the big one is and this is true for chalk this is true for all equipment this is true for anything that we buy you know businesses will respond to consumer demand. So if we demand better from, from our businesses, from, from the chalk companies or the equipment companies, uh, if we demand better practices, then eventually we'll get that. And, and so I would say that's the big takeaway in terms of what we can do. But more specifically, there are a number of alternatives. The first one obviously is don't use chalk. Some climbers don't. I mean, personally, I'm kind of a chalk monster. Uh, and and <laughs> What does I, that mean? Uh, it just means you use a lot of chalk. I yeah. have the nervous habit of like, oh, I'm tired or I'm sort of thinking through this, this next move. So I'm just going to take this opportunity to chalk up about six more times. <laughs> <clears throat> right. Um, but some people don't use chalk. And, and if you can manage that, that's great. As I mentioned, it's already banned in some places. There are chalk alternatives. Uh, I think it's Metolius has a has a, a type of chalk that's actually not made of chalk. It's some sort of plant-based uh, thing. Hmm. Uh, you know, so there are some uh, some alternatives. Or along the same lines, you can just use less chalk. So you can use a chalk ball that tends to use less chalk than just dipping your hand into loose or powdered chalk. You can also use a towel, like a little golf towel or something and clip it to your harness and dry your hands off that way. Uh, so, you know, so that's, that's the most obvious one, but for a lot of us, it's not realistic. You know, partly it's that nervous habit, but partly, you know, chalk, while some people think that it has dubious benefit, I don't, you know, I, <laughs> I think that it has a, has a great benefit. And so I'm going to keep using it. Uh, you can obviously clean your routes after you climb and, 
sometimes that's more realistic than others. You know, it depends on what you're climbing and, you know, how much time you have, but it's certainly a practice and, you know, maybe we will see more of that in the future, but right now it's you know, not very commonly practiced. You can use colored chalk, which some parks that have some limitations on, on chalk, such as national parks, require you to use chalk that matches the, the color of the local rock, like gray or different browns or what have you. And that helps with the visible aspect, you know, not leaving the sort of graffiti behind, but it doesn't really affect the other issues. The next one is using liquid chalk. And that's that's a good one for a number of reasons. One, it tends to use less chalk than you know, dipping your hands in into chalk uh, a lot. It doesn't tend to flake off as easily as as you know just a, a chalk bag full of loose chalk. And um, well, all that to say, you know, it, it lasts longer and uses less. Uh, tend, you know, climbers tend to use less. And then. Uh, you know, lastly, you can find companies that do use compostable packaging. You can uh, find companies that that use refillable or recyclable bottles. Uh, we use in organic ingredients when we can. You can look for companies, and this is a little harder to research, but you can find companies that, that vertically integrate their supply chain, which helps limit that sort of back and forth uh, logistics of getting the the, the chalk to your door. So instead of sort of zipping back and forth across every continent on your way here, it's just more, more of a straight shot. Uh, so that's, so that's an option or just, you know, find companies that have a strong environmental ethos and, and good practices that they, that they you know, let you know about. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of myself here as a sport climber. I mean, I really like liquid chalk and I use it pretty often, especially in the warmer months. But for sport climbing, you know, it's very difficult to chalk. You, you can't really chalk up on the wall with liquid chalk unless you're sitting in a hole, you know, a, a pod or something like that or in no hands. Um, I, I've known a couple people to get into a knee bar and pull chalk out of their sports bra. But, <laughs> you know, that's that's not every route you get to do that. So I usually use liquid chalk at the base of the route and then have a chalk bag with loose chalk to continue chalking up throughout the route. Um, any thoughts there? Any thoughts on, you know, if you're, if you are using, like I prefer powdered chalk, I really do think it, uh, is my favorite for performance. I really feel like it makes a little bit of a difference and any thoughts on what I could do there to, you know, improve my practices? Um, not a lot at the, at the present time. The, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it is hard to chalk up with liquid chalk along the way. And so a lot of folks, including myself, use it as more of a base layer and then we'll, we'll still use the loose chalk as you go. You can also, as I mentioned, you know, keep a towel with you and that can help minimize some of, some of the chalk usage that you, that you need. Um, but what this industry really needs is uh, a dispenser that you can use one-handed while climbing. Mm. And you, know, uh, you, can, you can get a little retractable lanyard like ours has. Uh, those are pretty easy to find on Amazon or, or wherever, wherever that, that you can at least 
keep it with you. So you don't have to like worry about dropping it. But, uh, you know, ideally what we're going to need to do is, is redesign the, the dispensers. And, and that's a, a much more involved project project, uh, you know, to, to basically create a whole new plastic product and design it and then, you know, create the, the injection molding and all that sort of thing. So you can, so you can do that. So that's where I hope we can get to in the coming years. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Little chalk pump on your harness instead of a chalk bag. Yeah. Or just something, you know, and I, and I've, I've even been sort of, I I'm an inventor. I, you know, I'm always tinkering. So I've been sort of sketching out some different ideas for what that might look like. Yeah, obviously I'd have to prototype it out and, and test it, test a few options to see, but uh, you know, I think that could help solve the problem a little bit. Okay. Interesting. Um, is there anything else we want to get into more detail as far as, uh, as far as earth day? I mean, you mentioned getting the chalk on the plants and, and in the soil around the climbs, you know, it's easy for me to just kind of assume that that's bad. Do, do you, have you looked very deeply into what that actually does to the local ecology around climbing areas? Yeah, I have, and there's not a ton of research, but there is some. Okay. So there's there's one professor at a Chinese university who has been studying the ecological impacts, mostly on the flora around the the mines in China and, and the, the surrounding landscapes. And so I, that's that can serve as sort of a proxy for what's happening at the local crag. But you know, admittedly. The, the orders of magnitude are very different. You know, the amount of chalk that's coming out of a mine versus the amount of chalk that's drifting down off of a, off of a wall is, is, is orders of magnitude different. Mm. But nonetheless, they've, they've documented some pretty severe uh, negative impacts in China. Now, there was another uh, study that I found that was here in the U.S. that they were looking at the... Uh, the impact of chalk on rock-based flora. So that's your mosses, your lichens, your little plants that grow on the side of uh, routes, that sort of thing. And pretty much anywhere on, on, on the crag, they would test and see, uh, even if it wasn't visible that you couldn't see any chalk, there was still a measurable amount of chalk there and it was having a measurable impact on, on, the, on the local flora. Mm. There haven't been to my knowledge, any studies on, on fauna, you know, on animals and, uh, but you know, having studied systems theory and, and, you know, biology, at least, uh, as an amateur, <laughs> amateur biologist, the, uh, you know, anytime you, you impact flora, you're going to impact fauna, you're going to impact the whole, the whole ecosystem. So, you know, again, I think that there's an opportunity there for, for a lot more research, but the, but what they have discovered, you know, every research or every study that that's been done has shown that there is a negative impact uh, of the chalk. You know, it's, it's where you're touching it. It's, it's near, you know, and it's also on the rest of the rock. It's also, you know, anywhere where the, where the chalk can sort of drift down from where we're climbing. So all the soils around too. So I'm thinking about loose chalk. I mean, I, I still, <laughs> This is one of those conversations where this is really compelling, but I think it's going to be hard for me to let go of, of my current practices to some degree. But I do think sure. that, you know, reducing our consumption is, you know, a step in the right direction, at least, even if we don't eliminate it. 
You know, one thing that I've gotten a lot better at, I, I was very much a nervous or just compulsive chalker, like you're describing. I would stand there at the climbing gym and just have my hands inside my bouldering bucket and just be, you know, staring at the wall, studying a route or talking to someone and just chalking up the entire time. That's a habit I've I've really worked to to mitigate. And then I think another thing that has really helped not just my use of chalk, but also my climbing is occasionally just practicing climbing without chalk at all. Or maybe you chalk up once at the base of a sport climb, either in the gym or like maybe a warm up climb outside. And then actually just leave your chalk bag on the ground or leave it closed and just try to climb the whole route without chalking up. And I think that can be a really good practice in, uh, in removing some of that hesitation from our climbing movement, you know, it's so mm-hmm. easy to just use chalking up as an excuse to, to pause and hesitate when we could just flow through a sequence. So I think that's an interesting thing to try and obviously reduces our amount of chalk. But I, I'm curious, do you have any other simple tricks like that? Um, I know something in your article, you, you talked about refilling chalk bags and how that's such a common you know, occurrence where we accidentally pour extra chalk onto the ground. Do you have any other simple tricks or anything that we can do to to reduce our use of chalk or reduce contamination from chalk? Yeah, for one, fill your chalk bags at home or not somewhere where a spill is going to end up in the, mm. you know, on plants and, and on the dirt. So that's one simple trick, you know, go to the car if you need to, you know, obviously we don't want chalk all over our car either, but it's easier <laughs> to vacuum up out of the back seat than it is, uh, you know, the soil. So that's a simple trick. That's a good uh, one. you know, chalk balls. I'm not a huge fan of chalk using chalk balls personally, but they do tend to, to limit your, your chalk usage, you know, and, and to your point too, about you know, trying to climb without it. Sometimes I often forget about temperature you know when it's colder temperature you're just not sweating as much the grip on the rock is is a lot better you don't really need it if it's you know 40 50 60 degrees versus if you're climbing and it's you know 90 and humid and sunny you know so try to keep that kind of thing in mind like do i really need this right now uh, or is this just uh you know a nervous habit or just a an unconscious practice yeah okay yeah thanks those are good ones One other question I had with your liquid chalk, I mean, like I said, I just tried a sample yesterday and, uh, and tried it for a few routes and I liked it. But one thing I've run into with liquid chalk in the past, and I've especially encountered this in bouldering gyms where you're not allowed to use powdered chalk, especially in the last year with COVID, there's been some gyms Mm -hmm. where you're only allowed to use liquid or on a hot, uh, sport climbing day, maybe I'm climbing the whole weekend and I'm doing a lot of pitches. I find that the repeated use of liquid chalk and the alcohol and and things like that really does seem to kind of degrade the quality of my skin over the course Mm -hmm. of a long day of bouldering or uh, a long weekend of sport climbing. And I'd love to hear, uh, you know, you already spoke to some of these different ingredients, but what is your experience with that? I mean, is the, is that a little bit inevitable? Like does the alcohol, it seems like the alcohol has a harsh impact on, uh, the condition of our skin, and then we need to repair it after climbing. Uh, it seems like it it does a little bit more, takes a little bit more of a toll on my skin than just using normal chalk. But um, 
But yeah, I'm curious. I haven't had a chance to use yours on a regular basis yet. W- what have been the effects of those extra ingredients, the honey and the essential oil on, on that sort of thing? I haven't had any problems on my own skin using it repeatedly. And, and I've used it extensively, even though I've just been at home uh, and, and, you know, working on my, my own hangboards and whatnot, but I've used it extensively because I've been doing a lot of experimentation. So I'll apply it, go practice a little bit, wash it off, apply it again. And so, so that could, could have the potential to, and, and I would expect normally would severely dry out my hands, but the, but the, um, you know, the Epsom salt and the essential oils really make a difference there. So you can look for, for liquid chalks that do have, or for that matter, powdered chalks that, that have, uh, essential oils in them, you know, so that can make a difference. The, you know, and you can also just be conscious about making sure to lotion up afterwards, uh, you know, with somebody who, with eczema, I'll actually lotion up in between climbs sometimes. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. And, but, you know, you can just make sure to do it after, you know, after you climb too. And, and a lot of times we get in a hurry and we just sort of like wash our hands and, you know, and go, but, you know, just being more conscious of that can help. And not just after you climb, but, you know, before you go to bed or, you know, whenever, whenever you wash your hands, that sort of thing. Uh, so, that, so, you know, that's something that, that can make a difference. Oh, the other one is, I know that there are a couple other products that, uh, that are liquid chalks that um, by other companies that don't have alcohol in them. So that's, so that's an option. I've tried them. They're okay. Uh, you know, I'm not, again, they don't tend to, to feel as nice as your, as your loose chalk or some of the other brands or, or our brand of, of liquid chalk, but you know, they're, but they're okay. The, um, you know, but, it, but then again, like you said, a lot of gyms right now are liquid chalk only because of COVID. So you know, sometimes you just have to do what you got to do, especially if you're in a gym, mm. you know, take the, take the best option. So, so that might be something to try too. Okay. Well, uh, let's get into your products. And uh, I think we've got a discount code to share with people. And and just to be really clear with people, you know, you reached out to me and it's Earth Day. So I thought this was a cool topic and it seems like you're making a good product and I want people to be able to get access to it, but I'm not getting anything out of this. I just want to be clear about that. Um, But yeah, let's let's talk about what you're offering and uh, your products and uh, where people can find your stuff. Yeah, okay. So my company is called Pika. Our website is pika.life. We've got a, a number of different products there in different sizes, retractable lanyards. So you can almost do it one-handed <laughs> and uh, and at least not worry about dropping it. Uh, you can clip that to your harness and have a couple different scents in, in those essential oil blends. There's one that, uh, that I tried to mimic uh, the Rockies. So I call it Rocky Mountain Alpine. And the other one is Texas Hill Country, which is a really lovely area just west of Austin where I live. So, and there's some good climbing out there. Um, the discount code can get a 25% discount, uh, for, um, for listeners of this podcast, the discount code is nugget discount, all one word. So just okay. nugget discount. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I'll put that, uh, I'll put a link to that right there in your podcast app. So you can just scroll down below this episode and find a link to Matt's website and you can find the discount code there. Did you say that you do refills too? 
Well, yeah. So we have an eight ounce version, uh, which is, uh, I guess you can't see it. <laughs> it's a podcast. It's, but it's, uh, no, it's like the size of a shampoo bottle Okay. and you can, you can either just get that, but if you want, you can, you can buy a combo pack of that with the, the small, like 1.75 ounce one that comes with retractable lanyard. So that one you can refill from the big eight ounce oh, okay. uh, version. Got it. And then, you know, and just, take off the lid and squirt it back in. So okay, pretty easy to do. Uh, any considerations about um, the stuff separating, storage conditions, things like that? Yeah. So the separation is, is an issue with all liquid chalk. So you want to shake it vigorously okay. before you use it, especially if it's been more than a, than a day or two since you've used it. You know, like when you order any liquid chalk, not just ours, but any liquid chalk, you know, when it shows up at your door, you want to shake it. Cause otherwise it, what ends up happening is you, you open it and then all the, the, the sort of alcohol and more liquidy ingredients come out and then you're li- stuck with sort of a thick paste on the inside, which mm. is hard to get out. So if you shake it up really good, then, then that should be, um, that should be fine. Um, and if, if that ever does happen, or, you know, if you just store it and, and, you know, come back to it several months later and it's dried out a little bit for whatever reason, you know, maybe the lid wasn't screwed on super tight or something, uh, you can, uh, you can always just pour in a little bit of alcohol into your, to your liquid chalk and again, shake it up really good and, you, and you'll be good to go. In fact, you know, this is, uh, kind of a trade secret, but you can, you can make your own liquid chalk if you're on a budget, all it is the, at, at its base is you can just mix a, a little bit of loose chalk with a little bit of alcohol. Um, you know, either ethyl or isopropyl alcohol will work and you just stir it up and get the right consistency and put it in a, a container or a baggie or whatever. And, and you're good to go. Cool. You know, it tends to be a little messier option, but if you are on a budget, you can certainly do that. Awesome. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I've, I've bought a bottle of isopropyl. I have it in a little spray bottle. I use that for bouldering sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different percentages. I think that's just the percentage of isopropyl alcohol versus water. Correct me if I'm wrong about that, but any considerations with that? I know you can get like the 85% or the 93 or I think 99. Yeah, any thoughts about different concentrations of uh, isopropyl? Uh, yeah, the I in, in my experimentation, I like the higher percentage, the 99 plus percent alcohol, because the rest is just water. Okay. And and that's okay. And in fact, many liquid chalks, including ours does include a little bit of water, but the more water that you have in there, the longer it takes to dry. Mm. And you also run the risk of it. It can feel a little slimy if you put on too much, you know, that's, that's if you have a lot of water and that's, that's not a a real big risk, but mostly it's just how long it takes to dry. Whereas the alcohol can dry and, you know, literally just a few seconds. If it, if there's more water in it, you know, it can take upwards of a, you know, minute or minute or two to, to fully dry. So, so I like the high, the high percentages personally, but it, it's just a, you know, personal preference. Okay. Well, cool. Okay. So Pika.life for people who are interested and nugget discount for 25% off. Again, I'll link to the website and the discount right there in your podcast app. Matt, anything else? Anything else we should touch on before I let you go? Uh, no, I mean, again, I just want to come back to that point, you know, with, with this being Earth Day, just just hold hold your, your the businesses that, that you buy product from, try to hold them accountable and, and you mm. know, ask them, go on their social media, 
they read that stuff and they will see, wow, a lot of our customers are really demanding better practices or more transparency. And that's how we're going to make this a better world. That's how we're going to make it a better sport. So, you know, keep demanding better of all of us and, and we'll be able to keep doing it for, for a long time to come. Very cool. Yeah, that's a great message to leave people with. And uh, thanks so much, Matt. I really appreciate your time. This is really fun. And uh, once again, happy Earth Day. Yeah, happy Earth Day. Thanks so much, Stephen. I appreciate you having me. All right. Take care. Yep. Take care.